See you at the fair. It's time to get your animals in show shape, and Blaine's Farm and Fleet is your one-stop shop for clippers, shampoos, pinewood shavings, buckets, blankets, and more. Good luck at the fair from your neighbors at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Welcome to Pod Talk, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Join the team from the Midwest Farm Report as we talk to soybean growers from every corner of Wisconsin about farm and market conditions, research, biodiesel, and the challenges of each soybean crop. Well, we're introducing you to another member of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Remember, those are the folks that are working to make sure that your checkoff dollars are being amplified as far as return on investment, as far as the value added to your Wisconsin soybeans. Steve Wilkins is joining me now, again, a Wisconsin Soybean Association or Soybean Marketing Board member from Random Lake. He is the owner and operator of Silver Creek Grain. He also is an agronomist with Syngenta. And you're a fellow that, despite, as I look at you, you're a young man, You've actually been very involved with the Soybean Marketing Board and board responsibilities for a little while. How'd you get here? Yes, I've been, uh, I think it's been seven or eight years that I've been part of the Soybean Marketing Board. And uh, I think my interest resided uh, a couple of years ago I, when I was an agronomist and covering a component of Wisconsin. A lot of our growers and customers always ask questions about the board, and I knew a little bit about it. I wanted to know more. And then some of the industry reps that I was working with and some of my peers expressed, um, you know, maybe that's something you should look into. And uh, one thing led to another. And ultimately, there was an upcoming election. I ran for it and uh, got enough votes to get on. Tell me about uh, Silver Creek Grain. So that's a farm that I started on my own in uh, 2013, so 10-year anniversary for myself. But uh, we come from a, a long history of farming in eastern Wisconsin. Uh, we started the family farm back in 1851, so I would be generation number six, and it's changed shapes and sizes a little bit. We primarily were a dairy farm for quite a while, and uh, dairy animals left a few years back, and now um, I've got my own operation. My parents have theirs, and we're primarily cash grain. We do. Uh, my parents do a little bit of livestock as well, mm-hmm. but um, with working off the farm and some other responsibilities, I don't have much time for animals, so I stick to the real crop side of it. Buddy, how does a young man like you stay focused and stay committed to actual production agriculture? You're a talented agronomist. You could say, okay, I'm going to just kind of do the nine to five and ride around in my truck and help others. What is it about that actual production size that keeps you guys so engaged? Well, farming is a way of life. I mean, it is a business. I understand that. But uh, that's the way that I was raised. And I've got you know, brothers and sisters that they're all in agriculture as well in different aspects of it. So uh, farming is just something that our, our family has always done. And uh, I don't know if there's another way of life that we really even know. But um, I personally can just I can tell people that um, outside of working on the farm, I work with growers all across the Midwest. Um, I cover on my day job about 13 different states. And the ability to work with, connect with, and to learn from other growers is remarkable. And those are things that just help foster relationships, Mm -hmm. ideas, thought sharing. And it's really unique where you can bring them some insights. They can share them back with you. And then the neat thing for me with the farm is I get to take things that I learn, things that I see, 
things that I want to try. And uh, the farm's large enough to let me have some of those opportunities, uh, but it can't be too large because it can't really interfere with the other obligations that I have. So it, it's a really good balance right now. Now, that balance also includes your responsibilities as a Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board member, and you have stuck with that. You've stayed committed with it. Even even when your term came up, you stepped up and accepted more responsibilities. What has that helped you better understand? You mentioned at the outset you had visited with clients with other farmers that had questions that piqued your interest. So tell me what that's been like to be a part of the board for eight years and what you've learned. We spend a lot of time in production agriculture focused specifically on production rarely is production our problem it's what do we do with everything that we produce so the marketing side is of keen interest to me and it's it's of immense importance to all of the farmers here in wisconsin whose checkoff dollars we support and we try to find new uses for and if you look at the state of wisconsin or about on any given year a, a two to maybe 2.2 2.3 um, million acre mm-hmm. soybean state so We've got a lot of beans for our market that we need to find a home for. Currently, we don't have a crush facility. We continue to work hard, and we are optimistic that at some point down the road, we will get those capabilities into the state. So looking at opportunities where we can drive value is of immense importance to myself and the board members. And we've got some pretty good information that shows for every dollar that a grower gives and check off or somewhere in the ballpark of 12 to 13 dollars of value that we deliver back so every year and as a matter of fact one of the things we've just done at a recent board meetings is we look at research protocols opportunities um, to fund research not just in production egg but also on the export and the marketing side. And there's some years we'll spend into the millions of dollars range helping to make sure that we can uphold the value of the soybean for the Wisconsin soybean producer and really drive grower profitability. Now, since you started with the board, have you noticed any emphasis gain momentum? I mean, sometimes when you come in, you're thinking, let's just get more efficient production. But now in Wisconsin, we're looking at export markets. We're talking about our infrastructure and how we're going to get it there. I'm got, I've got to believe that in your eight years on the board, Steve, a little bit of that has suddenly gotten momentum. Certainly. Recently, in this past year or two, we spent a fair amount of time trying to develop a few more of the ports around the state, uh, specifically the port of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great Lakes area as a whole is a big opportunity for us. So we've spent and we've invested significant amounts of uh, time, capital, and resources as we help to and continue to uh, develop these. And we can point to situations uh, with like the DeLong company that has made large investments. And we want to continue from our standpoint and as a board to help foster situations and opportunities where those become uh, more available and more opportunistic to not just say along specifically, but to others around the state, too, that see an opportunity to come in and to really drive the value for soybeans. So uh, that end use continues to be a strong area of focus for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, here sits Wisconsin, surrounded by water in many regards, and <laughs> yet it took some of that slow down and think insights of board members to say, hey, let's channel a little money over there. And, and it's always just about 
investigating information, Steve, it's not about physical investment. Yep, absolutely right. We like to partner with people, companies, entities, you name it, to be force multiplier. So if someone has an idea, they're looking for a start or an opportunity, um, us on the board really appreciate getting uh, getting reached out to and asking, hey, what about this? How about situations here or there? And we can help really move this peg forward for all Wisconsin soybean growers. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Steve Wilkins. He's from Random Lake. He's the owner and operator of Silver Creek Grain, and he's also an agronomist, and he has been an eight-year board member of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. And again, it's helped to change not only his knowledge base on what the checkoff is doing, but it's also invigorated his energy on where we're headed forward. If you want to find out more, you can always pop on over to wisoybean.org, wisoybean.org. You'll be able to stay connected with market developments, research, education, special projects in the state, simple grower alerts. Uh, sign up for their weekly, or their biweekly e-news. You know, let's go back to something else that's right in your wheelhouse, and that is grower alerts. Ultimately, you've got that agronomy background. Uh, we can start talking our own language when it comes to uh, the challenges from a grower standpoint. Do you get jazzed about projects that come before you as a board member on the Soybean Marketing Board about the in-field investment, Steve? Uh, certainly. Well, we are very blessed here in Wisconsin because some of our academic researchers are elite and uh, the best across any extension of any state. So you look at people like Dr. Sean Conley and his peers, uh, the Wisconsin soybean grower should be very pleased and very uh, grat- grateful, excuse me, to have researchers such as him and Damon and Rodrigo and a handful of others too. So I myself went to graduate school at UB Madison. I was able to work with and meet a lot of those uh, fine professors. So, uh, you know, agronomy, when you look at it, is core to the success of what a lot of our growers do. And the extension system understands that from our standpoint on the board, it's been really rewarding to help fund and to see things come to fruition, such as um, some genetic lines we've made investments in to help with some of our larger problems like white mold. Uh, We have white mold apps that help growers Mm -hmm. understand not just the disease, but when to spray. Uh, Sean's been doing a lot of things around artificial intelligence, large data, and driving grower insights and profitability. And if you look across the rest of the Midwest, There's a lot of other states that are keeping a close eye on what we do here in Wisconsin. And the work that we do here matters because a lot of other people are starting to adopt our practices, our principles, things that we do. So that probably gives a lot of Wisconsin growers an unfair advantage when it comes to information. And I think it's something that we as board members are very proud to have funded and continue to fund. Uh, But it also puts the Wisconsin soybean grower in a better place. You know, I love to be a mouse in the corner at you guys' board meetings because especially when you're either getting an update on ongoing research or you're taking a look at new projects, I always feel like I'm at the head of the line on what we're going to be talking about on the radio, television, wherever in the next couple of years. Um, That enthusiasm, that message must be something that's pretty easy to share with other soybean growers, with people that question where checkoff dollars go. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. If people ever want to know where their checkoff dollars go, I would I would encourage you to reach out to myself or to some other board members. Uh, but again, it's, it's the point that I reiter- that I stated earlier that I'll reiterate. You know, we feel very confident for every dollar that we spend, we're putting you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen dollars back into the grower's pocket, and we're focusing on production issues such as white mold. You know, weed management, and it's also on the export. So we really don't get tunnel visioned. We look holistically at what the soybean producer in Wisconsin needs to maintain a high level of competitiveness and profitability, not just in the local and regional market, but also in the world market. Again, if you're just joining us, welcome. Happy to have you along with us. Steve Wilkins from Random Lake, member of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, is with us. You just wrapped up a board meeting as you and I speak. Let's give people a little perspective on the work you have to do as a board member. Give them a sense on how many projects were asking for financial support. How many dollars did you guys consider uh, awarding? How much ongoing conversation was there? Because this is the first time that you've done research reviews in this manner as a kind of a, I will say, realigned Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board? Yes, so that's a great question. Today was a long day. We started at about 10 o'clock, and we're about 4.30. <laughs> so, and we did have a small break for lunch, but no breaks outside of that. So very long meetings. Uh, we went through an incredible amount of research proposals today that covered a very wide gamut of research opportunities, again, a marketing, production agronomy, outreach, you name it. One of the things we did different this year is we continue to get more interest in funding opportunities. So we actually did a handful of pre-call meetings where mm. we took all of the various proposals that we had, we split them up into subcommittees, did some pre-touch, pre-work touch points in previous weeks to help narrow down. Then each board member made recommendations on their, you know, what they were reading, and then we came together today, and where there was consensus to either fund or to not fund, we kind of let those just pass, and then there was a whole host of them where we had to have significantly deeper conversations across the board to figure out, is this something we want to go forward with or not? Uh, so at the end of the day, I believe today we spent just a, just a little over $1.1 million on a whole host of projects. And now what will happen after this is those will start to get enacted. And we will get checkups every single year on the progress. And hypothetically, let's say, you know, one project that we funded today might have been a three-year deal. Uh, We will get updates every year, and then we will have the ability to to critique, ask for more. If we see something that we don't like or something that we do and we want to change the scope or ask for it, we will. And we do that so we can continually drive uh, the information that we feel the Wisconsin soybean grower needs to help basically get this research in a format that benefits them. And other proposals, sometimes they are just a, a shorter duration of time, something where we would support some marketing efforts, maybe a trip abroad to help create and develop a market. You know, we voted on one proposal today to help continuation of soybean adoption in South America. Okay, so there's you know there's some stuff there that traditionally people might not think about, but we see strong opportunities there, and we want to continue to work on it. Interesting, you know, and, and it 
I'm sure that there's growers out there saying, wait a minute, over a million dollars of our checkoff dollars. Is most of that money, Steve, still staying in Wisconsin? The vast majority of it is. Uh, the way we look at funding is certainly on a state level, on a local level. But we also have to realize that in some instances, it does make sense to support products and projects that will focus on a larger regional to mm-hmm. even sometimes a global opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's an instance where another association or potentially other states and they have an interest in a project, and let's say it's a large ticket item, we might co-sponsor it. So something costs a million dollars, three or four states getting on board with it. We're not going to do that ourselves. We can't. That's too large for us in Wisconsin. But it doesn't mean that we couldn't throw 50000 100000 at it and still think that you know, a rising tide raises all ships mm-hmm. and it would help be a big boost for the soybean market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the simplest one to point to when you talk about things of this size is, you know, what do you do with soybean exports, soybean meal? Mm-hmm. You know, we're quickly entering a new phase of soybeans where we're going to look at the exports changing as we start to domesticate more of our beans with these added crush plants. Well, that's great, but now our our need as soybean producers changes a little bit because what do we do with all this meal? And then the oil. So we got to think about things a little bit different. And we got to be ahead of that on our standpoint. So when this comes, the growers aren't sitting with a glut of some sort of like a, a byproduct that can't continue to bring them value and profitability. How do you explain to growers the partnership, collaboration, and yet separate identities between our Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and some of our national entities that help to address soybean export, soybean board, soybean activities like that. Do you uh, watch what they're doing and then pick partnerships? Help them understand how you're always looking at that return on investment for every dollar in-state or abroad. Yeah, there's multiple levels of associations for all commodity organizations, soybeans, no exception. So specifically at our meetings, you know, we invite our USB members and others to sit in. They provide input. We ask them if there is overlap in in something we're looking at Mm -hmm. that's already being done to tell us. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a large component of what they are there for. We also have other board members that represent the Wisconsin soybean growers on other boards outside of Wisconsin. We ask them to do the same thing where mm-hmm. if we're looking to fund the research for, um, you know, the NRCS, NCRSP, I'm sorry, we've got Matt Wagenson who's going to say, look, guys, I mean, we need to not fund this because we're already doing something. Or conversely, this is a great project. We should consider giving more. So there's always a level of checks and balances to make sure that we're fiduciaries of the finances and the grower dollars and that we're not doubling up on things. But yet at the same time, we are appropriately funding so we can get a desirable outcome. How long, how much time do you estimate that you spend prepping for a board meeting? And I ask this sincerely because you guys are called on not every month, but when you're called on, like you said, you're putting in long days, but I know you guys. You take your responsibilities very seriously, and especially someone like you with a technical background that might dive deeper into some of these proposals. How much time would you say you're donating being a fiduciary board member on the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board? So a meeting of today's stature would probably re, you know, be requiring somewhere around 12 to 15 hours of prep work 
then you have the actual meeting mm -hmm. today which was around six and a half hours of mm -hmm. meeting time and you can include travel or not uh, but today was one of our longer meetings of the year uh, we will have significantly more touch points but yeah. today tends to be the one that requires um, the, the most pre-work to get us to where we want to be uh, but you're looking at five to seven times a year you know we come together in a face-to-face -face format uh, there are other training leadership opportunities throughout the year uh, so for myself you know this past year i traveled to florida for a few things uh, i traveled out to omaha for a couple of things we've got some more trips coming up here that we want to attend that are actually outside of the country so there's different levels of involvement and engagement but it's not too hard to piece together two weeks out of the year that you would be allocating large components of time to support the board and other members, you know, there's some that would even spend more than that, considerably more than that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're excited about it. And we hope you're thinking about the exciting things going on with Wisconsin soybean checkoff dollars. Again, Steve Wilkins, along with us from Random Lake, he's the owner and operator of Silver Creek Grain Operations. He's also an agronomist with Syngenta. He's been on the board for eight years. Uh, don't always, don't forget, you can come back, re-listen to all these conversations and pick up more online at wisoybean.org wisoybean.org sign up for their bi-weekly e-newsletters you'll really be able to keep a pulse on some of these projects that we're talking about with steve now you mentioned the time commitment and uh due diligence that you take seriously about these checkoff dollars and their investments so going forward where are you excited what are you excited now that you've kind of i won't say wrote the check but kind of wrote the check um and where do you take pride Everybody kind of pivots towards maybe Commodity Classic, maybe it's our Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, maybe it's uh, yield results uh, in our competition, maybe it's field events. Tell me about where you're training your eye going forward and what you take pride in or kind of puff up a little bit when you see the results at the meeting, in the field, at the convention. So I think the ultimate pride for myself and for many of our board members is going to be the day that we can tell the Wisconsin soybean growers that we finally have a crush plant. That's what we continue to work for. Uh, we know that's important to all of our growers. We understand the value that that could bring to all the, the livestock producers, whether it's dairy or swine in the state as well. So uh, we continue to fund things to help get us there. And again, we remain very optimistic that at some point here uh, we will get that opportunity uh, so I think first and foremost, that's that's what I would say is, you know, what's the motivational factor that keeps us going. As far as today goes, we've got a lot of interesting things that we continue to do just to build out the value of soybeans. Uh, certainly, uh, commodity markets are volatile, but in modern history, prices still are relatively high. We want to make sure that happens. And, you know, what does success look like for me? It's when the Wisconsin soybean grower is profitable, and they're able to continue to operate year in and year out, pass the farm down, farm however they want to, but we put them in a position where they can turn a good profit for them and their operation. And that can include a lot of different aspects. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we can get that and if the work that I can do can help address that, that's, that's very pleasing to myself and why we spend so much time to make sure that can happen. Time well invested. Again, talking about your checkoff dollars and the time and energy these board members put into when it comes to making a decision on where they're going to be channeled. 
Again, Steve Wilkins, one of the hardworking folks that uh, takes time away from his own farming operation and his uh, agribusiness career and does his due diligence to make sure if you come to him with a question, if you come to him with a suggestion, or if you come to him with a discrepancy, he is a knowledgeable board member that will be able to give you an answer that uh, it deserves. Again, folks, this is not the only conversation we're providing for you. Plenty of board members that would love to share their story with you. Find them all online, wisoybean.org, wisoybean.org. Thanks for joining Pod Talk, a podcast by Wisconsin Soybean Farmers for Wisconsin Soybean Farmers. For more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit wisoybean.org or wherever you consume your podcasts. Farm dogs are an integral part of any farm. They can efficiently and effectively perform many functions, including protection, herding, deterring predators, and more. So keep your farm dogs happy and healthy with a trip to their favorite store, Blaine's Farm and Fleet.